Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66. From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesa on the fan on what has been a beautiful Thursday. Uh, You know, what a rare, beautiful day to start the uh, PGA, the 16th day of May. Mets are playing right now and they're colliding with each other and running into each other and leaving the game. So they might have nobody in the lineup by the time the game's over. They trail 6-4. Yankees have the day off after winning two games. Uh, We should call them scrimmages against the Orioles yesterday, uh, but they did win two. Uh, They get the day off as they will play the the Rays uh, tomorrow. So we'll get to that. Uh, we will have both managers today, Aaron Boone and Mickey Callaway. Uh, I don't know which one will be first. Depends on how long the Met game goes or if Mickey gets injured uh, answering the phone uh, after the game, which is a possibility the way things are going right now with Conforto and McNeil already getting hurt today. All right, we'll do this in some order. I know some of you may have heard the Mike's on Jet commentary yesterday. Compare, you know, obviously the app audience is not as large as the uh, metropolitan area WFAN audience, but they did play it on WFAN.com. They wanted to play it between games of the Yankee game. I said I didn't think that was a great idea. I'd rather address it today. So we will do that in a minute. But let me first get you the golf. Just a quick update on how the day went with the golf, where it's going, and then we'll get to the Jets. Obviously, I pick up, get a win. Okay. Uh, I pick Woodland as my long shot, and I pick Fleetwood to beat all the other Europeans. Fleetwood's shot a nice 67 today. Kepka was brilliant playing with Molinari and Woods. They both finished plus two. Kepka had a no bogey, and that's amazing on this course. 67. And remember, I knew the first thing he was going to say when he came in today. I can do better because he did not birdie or eagle either of the fives. He he played he pawed both fives. He did not set himself up well with the tee shots on five, so he did not have an opportunity. He wound up getting uh, paws, which are like losing a stroke to the field on both par fives, and still shot a seven under sixty three after yesterday standing up and saying, "I'm the player to beat." That is that is brazen. To say it and then go out the next day and shoot sixty three. I mean, that is a heck of a performance. Tiger had a. First of all, he opened up on the bad side. We don't know why Tiger didn't play yesterday. Let's just say it was his allergies. It wasn't his back. Let's go by that premise. We don't know, but he looked pretty good this morning warming up. I watched him at 7 o'clock this morning warming up. He looked fine. Um, He does suffer from allergies, and so does my son Harrison, so they can be terrible. So uh, it could have been an allergy day yesterday, especially around here, especially on a course with that much green. It's, It's very possible. So he didn't go out yesterday, but he looked good this morning. The problem is they took they they started on 10. 10 is a nasty hole, and you got a string of nasty holes right there after 10. So Tiger opened up double bogey while Kepka opens up birdie. 
And in Tiger's head, he's playing Kepka. He's playing the field, but he's also got to keep his eye on Kepka because he has that much respect for Kepka. Now, on top of that, Tiger winds up with another double bogey. And then as they make the turn to one, and that's the easy part of the course, Tiger gets hot. He goes birdie, birdie, eagle. But then has some bogeys in, which really were caused more by three putts than anything else. Tiger did not have the speed of the greens down today at all, while Kepka did. Kepka made a lot of long putts today. Tiger didn't. Molinari kind of fought his way around the course the whole day. He finished plus two. Tiger finished plus two. Right now, remember, Tiger's nine strokes behind Kepka. If Kepka goes out tomorrow and shoots a 66, they may never find him. Depends who puts up a close round. Right now, Fleetwood is the closest four strokes off the lead. We'll see what happens this afternoon. So far, Spieth's playing well. He's one under. No one else is lighting it on fire. My guy Woodland, who I told you to take as the long shot and play him to finish in the top 10, is three under. He's a bomber. He's very good on his courses. He's three under par. So my guys I gave you are first, third, and fourth. It's not bad right now. So uh, we'll see how that holds up. I wish it, we could stop it right here, but we can't. Uh, but we got three more days, and Kepka's going to be a tough front runner. Tomorrow he plays in the afternoon with the same twosome, Molinari and Tiger. And if somebody doesn't close the gap on him tomorrow, he goes out and shoots. And he's had five straight rounds in the PJ where he shot no higher than 69. He's becoming a problem, a big problem, and he was utterly brilliant today, okay? We'll update the golf on you all afternoon. So right now it's Tiger was a plus two, Molinari plus two, Kepka minus seven with a 63, Fleetwood in the house with a 67, uh, everyone else trying to get close to that this afternoon. That's where we are. Uh, we'll get you up to date on Phil, who is still the favorite by far. Forget Tiger, forget anybody else. When Phil showed his head today, the place went absolutely berserk. And the last time they played here, Tiger hated the fact that they rooted for Phil. This is Phil's town. They respect Tiger. A lot of people will root for Tiger. And they'll root for Tiger if Phil's not there. But if Phil's there and Tiger's there, it's Phil's town. They worship him. Now, I don't know if Phil can keep it in the fairway. I don't know if Phil can score on this course. He hasn't been playing good golf. But Phil's premise this weekend is this. If I can just keep it in the fairway the first day, the fans will get behind me and I'll get, I'll get really propelled by it and maybe I'll have a big weekend. That's his, that's, his, that's his scenario. That's his script. It's a long shot script. But they still worship him. You know that? They still worship him. Because you know what? They're regular people and they love him. They just do. That's just the way it is. They always have. They've always loved him here. Now, we get to the D-Jets. I, I do not know what has been said on the fan. I have not heard one word of the fan yesterday or today. Uh, just the way it worked out. I had some issues with stuff. With, not, not me. Everything's fine with me. But just, we, just you know, family stuff. So it had to be worked out. So, um... I have not heard a word. I did the thing on, I mean, I kept my guy Anthony crazy yesterday. I had him up at 8 o'clock. I had him up in the afternoon with the Jets. I had him up at night with the uh, PGA. So I had him up uh, so many times yesterday. So you, you, if you're with me on the app, you know what we did yesterday. So for those who didn't, let me get into it now. This was a case of a very dignified general manager with not a great resume, with an ownership management team that can be easily swayed, who were not, were not really on board with him anyway. They, they kept him. They fired the coach. At the end, the coach whined about the general manager. They didn't buy in because the coach was losing. 
So they kept him, but they weren't in love with him. Now, he hired a coach who has a very uneven at best resume. He's got Peyton Manning in his corner. We know that. But other than that, he's had a very uneven resume with his coaching. No question about it. Some good, some bad. He's a very, he's, he's a, a total alpha male. He's a killer, okay? He doesn't want anybody's opinion except his own. He wants everything run his way. It's my way or the highway. It was down there with the players. It was down there with the front office. And he even took on the owner down there. So he comes in here, and let's be honest, McCagnan, quiet, self-effacing, an NFL journeyman, who's done some good things and some shaky things, who got to spend all this money. So here's the Jets being completely dysfunctional again. And Gase probably targeted him from the interview and said he'd be out of here in a body bag within a couple of months, and out he went. Now, you don't usually get rid of people in May in the NFL. You're usually very solidified. May and June are your slow months. June is your slow month. Then you get ready for training camp, and you've solidified, and you let him spend all the money. You let him go out there with your purse and spend a bundle. A bundle on Bell, which they fought about. I happen to side with Gase on Bell. I don't believe in paying running backs this much money. Mosley, I think, is a good signing. He didn't want to pay him all that money. He had different ideas. He's an offensive coach. He had different ideas. He also had different ideas. He wanted to bring his own guy in here to be the personnel guy. And he's going to get to do that. He convinced ownership that he was the voice and he went about destroying whatever credibility that McCagnan had with ownership. He stabbed him in the back. He put rumors out around the league. He played as basically he played in the street. That happens a lot in this league. Listen, this is a big boy league. This happens in politics. This happens in life. This happens in radio. This happens in football. It happens in basketball. It happens everywhere. McCagnan was the kid with the violin case going to practice. He ran into a dead-end kid, and the kid carved him up. That's basically it. McCagnan saw him coming. I mean, Gay saw him coming and killed him. Now, McCagnan's gone. Now it's Gase. You have turned the franchise over to a guy you have no idea if he can do the job. This again, where the Jets had finally solidified. They had found their quarterback. Now they were going to try to build this team around the quarterback. And now what they've done is they've taken the quarterback from being the most important piece here and the power piece here. And now he's the number three piece here. Right now, the number one piece is Gaze. The number two piece is Bell. They are going to collide. They are going to collide, and neither is going to back down, and the loser is going to be the quarterback. And he's now the third piece. And it should be about him. Last year was about him. Both the GM and the coach made it about him, and now he's moved from one to three. And I don't know how loud Mosley's going to get yet because I don't know enough about Mosley yet. I know Mosley's a heck of a player. And he's going to run that defense. And listen, you're going to hear from the defensive side here too, you know. You don't have any shrinking violets over there in that part of the room either. So this is going to be just a circus. And if they're not winning, you will. Because now you got him 
I didn't want to pay this guy. I didn't want this guy. I didn't want this guy. So now what is he going to do? All these high-priced pieces that McCagney just brought in, he's going to kill them if they're losing. He's going to badmouth them. He's going to want to send them out the door. What did he do yesterday? He made a trade. <laughs> just to show you he could. Just to flex his muscle. One day, before I bring the G in here, let me just ah, flex my muscles and make a trade. And here were the Jets, who had for so long been the not only the second-class citizen from a football standpoint in this town, they were the second son that you hide on holidays, okay? You kept them in the closet. I mean, you kept them away. You didn't want them in the family portrait if you could help it. Snap this one fast, then let him come in. And what happens? Here are the Giants, the power Giants. Five Super Bowls, four victories, twice over the Pats, the great Bills team, Parcells, Coughlin, LT, championships, Eli, the whole thing. And they turn into this dysfunctional bunch of bums in the last six years. And it has gotten to be the three stooges this year with Gettleman. And they go from being the guys, the franchise, to being behind the Jets in this town, if it was even possible. The Jets actually had a couple of moments of credibility in what they do. They said, we're not comfortable with this. We got to go back to being the most dysfunctional team in town. And that's exactly what they've done. They've taken dysfunction past the football giants. And the giants, who have not only lied every time they've opened their mouth, but have tried to create scenarios that didn't exist, sign players, then trade them, tell you that what was going to happen, how they could foresee the rest of the draft, try to sell you a bill of goods, you know, which is just, I mean, just so much nonsense. And here are the Jets, and now it's worse. And the Jets now are going to be a circus because I'm telling you, this coach, it's my way or the highway. He now has total control. He's got major. There are a few coaches in this league who right now have the command of a franchise that he does. One of them's in New England, except he's got 42 Super Bowls. And Tom Brady, a quarterback. Now Gaze has got, he came in here. He knows Chris Johnson doesn't have a clue. Woody's off basically, you know, going to birthday parties for the royal family kids. That's all he cares about. Getting a photo with Kate Middleton. And what do you have here? You have Chris Johnson who doesn't have a clue and Gaze spun him like a top. And it was, hey. I'm your guy. McCagnan, bad, me, good, let's go to work. But McCagnan brought his players in and paid him, and already, already you know that the head coach didn't want Bell, then didn't want Bell paid this way, didn't want mostly paid this way. So you already, and this guy went to toe to toe with every player he had in Miami. He undercut every player he had. 
So it's never going to be his fault. He, you know, there's an old adage, throw one to the alligators before they eat you. He throws everybody to the alligators. So there's nobody left on the boat except him. And that, as we head to Memorial Day, is your New York Jets. They they out-dysfunctioned the Giants when the Giants were spinning like a top into oblivion. They out-giants the Giants in terms of dysfunction. We now have two totally dysfunctional teams in town. And we and listen, we haven't bring up the Mets yet, or the Knicks. Back after this, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 